1: So, start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash spoken today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Interest rates are higher. I know people don't like that, but you should be welcoming a stronger economy
0: maybe you had a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers the united
1: states is a country that has always paid all of its bills
0: lannister always pays his debts don't let the bastards get you. hello and welcome to comedian versus economist we demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture my name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real-life economist Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, good. Day, Adam. How are you going? Uh, doing very well, thank you. Uh, Look, I know we promised last week that we'd get to some listener emails this week. Well, I am here this week to promise that we'll definitely get to them next week. Uh, I promise. (laughs) Uh, We have actually got tons of emails coming in, uh, which we love. So what we'll do is we'll dedicate a big chunk of next week's show to covering off as many as we can. So uh, apologies for our broken promise, but please accept our promise for next week. Thomas, massive show coming up. We want nickel back, said nobody ever except (laughs) JP Morgan. They want their nickel back after someone stole their nickel, or did they? Uh, Should you trade based on what you heard? Possibly not. Thanks to IG this week, we'll be looking at herd behaviour when it comes to trading. Perhaps it's not all just about listening. And to quote an old bingo (laughs) host that I knew, Dinner for two, 69. Korea are pushing for a 69 hour work week. We'll look at why on earth that makes sense. But first, Thomas, it appears that the US Fed thought the banking sector may be bluffing with its crisis play and (laughs) has raised rates again. Thomas, what's going on? Is it a double bluff? Or is the Fed holding a full house?
1: Uh, I really don't know what to make of that metaphor. Um, I find it. I don't know how to translate that into what's happening in financial markets. But um, so I'm just going to like just just park that and mm. just say, yeah, the fight. Yeah, that's right, Adam. The Fed hiked rates. That's. Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, So they hiked rates, but the banking crisis is still going on, isn't it? Like I think I saw another bank that was in trouble. Yeah. So is this responsible from the Fed to be hiking rates while there's a banking crisis? Or are they sort of just turning a blind eye to the banking crisis?
1: They're in a funny bind because if they didn't hike rates... So they've been saying we've got a hmm. hike, we've got a hike. People before the banking crisis, people were expecting it was either fifty or twenty five basis points. In the end, we got twenty five, yep. but like rate hikes were definitely on the cards. Then the banking crisis happened, and everyone's like, "Oh, maybe the Fed will pause." But if the Fed pauses at that point, they're kind of saying, "Yeah, we don't think the financial system's strong enough to handle another twenty five basis points." Hmm. That's that's a fairly strong message to send. And one that's probably not going to be interpreted well. Like any responsible person, right, would just pause, wouldn't they, and take a breath. You just go, well,
0: let's just pause. But is it the danger of the perception here? Like that's what (laughs) they're worried about?
1: I, th- I think so because I would say like if they said the only the only thing that's changed since everyone was betting on twenty five or fifty is that we've had banking sector wobbles, which that which mm. we, you know, and the official line is it's all okay. It's some isolated banks. It's not a systemic problem. Um, mm. The American economic machine is in rude health. It's all fine. Yeah. So to 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 say then that we're not raising rates because. Of the financial system, one says that that the finan- the American financial, you know, economic machine is not okay. It can't handle another twenty-five basis points, and it also mm. says the banks. We're worried about the banks. The banks can't handle another twenty-five basis points, and so if you're worried about a run on the banks and and more collapses of smaller regional lenders, that's exactly the message you don't want to send.
0: I did see. I did read an article today that said that nearly $100 billion in deposits have been pulled from banks, um, you know, right. in the last little little while. I don't know what it was, maybe the last week or so. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe the Fed saw that and they were like, well, people have taken all their money out, which means they've still got money. <laughs> so, so we'll raise rates because obviously they've got money to pay for higher rates with. <laughs> they just they just don't know where to put their money. That's that's the problem. That's for someone else to solve. That's yeah. not the Fed's problem.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, maybe. I mean, one of the, one of the things that one of the reasons people thought the Fed might might pause is because bank banks are pulling their heads in. So. Banks across the financial system. Every, everyone's in a bit of trouble. Everyone's reigning back. They're, hmm. you know, tightening lending standards. They're not being, you know, not lending to borrowers that they might have lent to previously. Um, and so you th- call this financial conditions. And so th- there's been a tightening of financial conditions. And people asked right. Jerome Powell how much of a factor he thought that was, and he said yes. We are seeing a tightening of financial conditions. I reckon it's worth about 25 basis points, maybe a bit more.
0: <laughs> How convenient. Of course he's going to say that. <laughs> we've done the maths, we've crunched the numbers, and it's exactly what we forecasted. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have <laughs> uh, right, so where does this yeah. leave us then? How's our, how's our Goldilocks? How's our soft landing, soft whatever landing you want to call it looking? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. well, he, the, he, they asked him about this in the press conference and he says, I think hmm. that pathway still exists and you know right. we're certainly trying to find it. Um <laughs> We're doing our best.
0: We're trying to find it. Uh, imagine if the, imagine if this was a plane, right? And we're we're trying to land on a narrow runway. And people are like, How's our landing looking on the narrow runway? And they're like, Well, it's looking pretty good. We're still in good shape. We're still just trying to find the runway.
1: The way, but once
0: yeah. we find it, we're pretty confident that yeah. no matter how narrow it is, we're oh, gonna yeah. land this baby.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean there's so there, there is a weird disconnect. So here, So the Fed's still talking about this soft landing. Uh, Equities are are still pricing in a soft landing. So equities don't seem like they're, you know, the stock market share prices don't seem like they're priced for a recession. They seem to be backing a soft landing as well. The bond market, on the other hand, has gone from, you know, pricing in rate hikes to now pricing in 75 basis points worth of cuts in the second half of the year. Alright. So there's, only, I mean, there's only six months in the second half of the year. So that means a rate cut every second month <laughs> between. Even I know that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but they're, yeah, right. they're, they're talking yeah.
1: about like by the by the end of the year, seventy five basis hmm. points, three rate hike, three rate cuts. So bond markets wow. think think they're they're pricing in recession and pricing in recession early. So that's a bit of a mm. hard landing scenario. So there's a, there's a there's an interesting mismatch there between what bonds are pricing and what stocks are pricing.
0: And does this um, does this just mean that we uh, in Australia we're going to get whatever outcome happens in the US? I mean, are we are we just tracking the same course, or is it is it a different story for us?
1: Well, and we, no, we've got exactly the same bind that the Fed had because now mm. now you've had. You know, in the week two weeks ago, the ECB hiked rates fifty basis points and said it's okay. We think the financial system can hack it. The US Mm. last week hiked twenty five basis points and said it's okay. We think the financial system can hack it. If the if the RBA then says yeah, we're going to keep rates on hold because we don't think the financial system can hack it. You know, that yeah. would, that would destroy Aussie banks, you know. Right. Like that that would be a catastrophic scenario. Um, mm. So if they if they were to hold and and then and the meeting's next week, say April fourth. So mm. if they were to hold, they'd really have to come out and and really explain to people why it wasn't a panic about. The banking sector, because because the, the RBA through APRA, they used to be part of the same organisation, and but they got separated. But they're still pretty connected, so they've got direct hmm. insight into the banks. So it's a bit like the bank regulator coming out and saying, Whoa, oh, don't think the banks are really up for a twenty five basis points." swing
0: I mean, mortgage holders definitely are. We, we are. If I could speak on behalf of mortgage <laughs> holders, we are definitely up for a twenty five <laughs> basis point. <laughs> swing down i'd I'd go with cuts even i'm I'm out there i'll put it out there saying that that i'm on board with cuts if anyone's if anyone wants those
1: yeah yeah well yeah you and the bond market just
0: (laughs) (laughs) me and bondy we're close (laughs) all right thomas more shenanigans dare i say more i don't know when the last shenanigans were in the nickel market but more shenanigans in the nickel market what's going on
1: Yeah, yeah. No, this, it's more because last last year there was a short squeeze in the nickel market and the whole nickel, nickel market had to be sort of shut down for a bit. And then it's still on reduced trading hours. So the, yeah, it still hasn't sorted out. And the London Metal Ex- Exchange, which is where, you know, it's the, one of the biggest commodity trading houses in the world, <laughs> exchanges in the world, they're, sti- they're still trading nickel on reduced hours. So it's kind of like—is
0: that a successful control reduced hours? Like, are really are people are people who are interested in trading nickel going to going to make a trade and going what closed? Ah, oh, oh well, I guess I won't. I guess I won't make this I won't, seventy-three million dollar
1: nickel trade then. I won't panic. I won't panic dump my nickel because it's after four <laughs> thirty. I don't know. Yeah, so nickel, <laughs> nickel's been a world of weird for
0: for about a year. <laughs> just uh, the nickel market's on lighter duties. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
1: it's just like It's On some mental health leave. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so then last week, the London Metals Exchange announced that it had cancelled nine nickel contracts worth one hmm. US one point three million dollars. After discovering "quote" irregularities hmm. at a warehouse, but basically what they found is that what they thought was nickel was actually just bags of stones.
0: <laughs> uh, the old switcheroo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? That certainly, the London Metals Exchange wasn't wasn't thinking about the switcheroo. Oh, the old switcheroo! Yeah, someone someone switched out. Nickel
1: for stones. Yeah, so so the London Metals Exchange has has a network of storage warehouses, which they don't mm-hmm. own but are run by third parties. This one was run by Access World. You know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't be giving the world access to the nickel. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so, that, so this network of of warehouses, and mm. yeah, and then they found that there's this this one this one warehouse in Rotterdam just didn't mm. didn't have the nickel that they thought it had and i think something similar
0: happened with gold a while back didn't it didn't someone ah. people were trading um tungsten wrapped in gold because tungsten has the exact same weight as gold oh, is that right and so if you just yeah if you just wrap some tungsten in like gold plating you can mm. pretty much pass it off as um again not financial advice but you can pass <laughs> it off as um, as gold because if you weigh it and it looks like gold it kind of kind of feels like gold and it weighs ah. exactly what gold should weigh at that size yeah then you yeah. can pass it off as gold wow um okay. this doesn't sound as sophisticated they just used rocks That's
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: We're down the beach got some pebbles yeah <laughs> would you like to buy some nickel <laughs> hang on i mean this these is just... look like beach pebbles <laughs>
1: well this is the funny thing about they're talking about it like bags of stones and Mm. you kind of think like oh yeah right there's like three or four bags of stones like i can understand how that happens but i did the math 1.3 million dollars worth of nickel want to guess Mm. how much weight of nickel that is oh i don't know 50 tons yeah hey look at that
0: 52 tons yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh fifty cent is that right? Yeah. I tell you what,
1: I know my nickel. Yeah, no,
0: yeah. <laughs> I might not I might not know much about financial markets, but you <laughs> asked me to weigh some nickel. I'm your man. Yeah. Uh, yeah right.
1: But fifty it, tons, okay. Fifty yeah, so it's fifty two tons of nickel in mm. that has been swapped out for bags of stones, apparently. Right. Yeah.
0: There's there's a pebble beach somewhere that's now just a beach, so that's good.
1: A reason I find it interesting, like I saw this story, and then and then so London Metals Exchange has has scrambled and they've they've done a full audit of all of their warehouses and and announced that everything looks okay. I <laughs> just imagine some guy in there just going
0: nickel, 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 rock, nickel, nickel, rock. <laughs> The full order it takes a while to work through fifty
1: tons of. Ah, uh, oh, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So right, sorry, they did a full order. Yeah, the full order. So and they're saying now that everything's fine, but the re- the reason I like when I first saw this story, like it it piqued my interest pretty hard because like commodities are pretty central to the global economy, obviously because mm. you use them to make stuff, but they're also like they're a highly leveraged, highly traded market. So mm. you, you know, there's a lot of trading on futures of commodities. A lot of trading happens well before any any physical exchange. So it's why, it's, it's why it's all in warehouses? Because most of the trading happens without any actual physical exchange. Right, is transfer the ownership? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So it's a so, like an NFT. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 sounds like it has all the same governance of the NFT market as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's a very, it's a financialized sector and it's, it's very important. And hmm. like, you know, look at it and think like, okay, this has the potential just because of the timing, just because everyone's faith in the financial system has been rocked because a whole bunch of banks have collapsed. It yeah. has the potential to be the kind of black swan event that just tips right. them, that, has, that, that just generates a really disproportionate uh, response because the London London Metals Exchange is the premier uh, commodities exchange in the world. Right. If 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 you come out and say we've got no faith that anything that's happening on the exchange is what it what we think it is, yeah. Like and that you know you that com- the commodities market kind of wobbles. Everyone looking mm. at that, going like, hang on, the U.S. banking system's collapsing, banks are going under, the commodities market's gone to crap. Like, mm. this is a global financial crisis, it's on. And so I think, yeah, I think, right. we're, I think we're at just, I think it's, it was an interesting story for me because I just think we're like, we're at this interesting pivot point, like with a, with a number of banking collapses, that something mm. like this, like if this had happened in 2020, 2021, and people would have just laughed it off and go like, oh, weird, they should have got into mm. blockchain, idiots but <laughs> yeah right you know just cuz of the where we're at right now it has the potential i think to to trigger trigger like a trigger a serious serious meltdown and i think that's mm. true of of any of everything and you know like we i are very focused on the us financial market financial system but like something like this going off in a major center like the london Metals exchange or you know like maybe mm. a major maybe major exchange in 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 asia like maybe the adani story blows out and the indian stock exchange gets people lose faith in that like it yeah. could very like we're in a risk off kind of phase everyone's a bit scared everyone's a bit worried about what's going on it doesn't take much in that environment to trigger something pretty major Mm, another straw on the camel's back so to speak Mm, mm.
0: i wonder if this is this is maybe why my father-in-law he just manages his own commodities he's got he's got stores of lead that he has at his house for some reason i remember when he moved house we we kept hold of his stuff for a while while they were between houses he just had all these bits of lead i'm like what's this he's like that's lead i'm like why have you got lead (laughs) He goes, that's good lead. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, can't we just throw out this junk metal? He's like, no, nah, that's good lead. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, he's he's smart. He's like
0: <laughs> he's keeping it out of the exchange. Yeah, no one's no yeah. one's pulling the switcheroo on his lead. Yeah, um, not your bag, not your lead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we take a break here? Grab a word from this week's sponsor. Coming up after the break, we're going to look at herd behavior thanks to IG and also Korea's 69 hour work week. Back with more comedian versus economist right after this. Welcome back here on Comedian Versus Economist and this week's episode is brought to you by IG. IG has a great platform which provides enormous amounts of information and guidance on how to be a better investor but they also want to teach investors how to master their mind to avoid the problems that beset even the best investors. So, Thomas, you were reading a piece on IG's Master Your Trading Mind Hub about herd behaviour. Would you recommend reading? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> in general, yes, yes, I'm, I'm a fan. I know, you know, I know, I know you. you know, you're, Interesting. You're, you're a bit set in your ways, but mm. I think you should give it a well, go. Well, a lot of
0: people, a lot of people read, and I'm not, I'm not one to follow the pack, Thomas. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> We're going to talk about herd behavior.
1: I think yeah. people
0: are maybe just copycat reading. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. they're all learning too. I hear, which yeah. I'm not down with. Yeah.
1: So, do your uh, own ignorance. <laughs> so, I mean, for the for, sort of following on what we're talking about, like I feel like we're in a very herdy market right now. Like I, I feel like mm. we're seeing a lot of herd dynamics play out. Like you saw, you saw the collapse of of SVB Bank, you yep. know, um, Silicon Valley Bank. You know that was a bank run. That was a total herd movement. You know, once hmm. the bank was solvent, it wasn't a real problem. Until people started freaking out and everyone wanted to get their money out, and so it was an old school bank run like that. Sense so that was that was you know they got they got trampled by the herd. So the herd's yep. active there. Then the other thing is that you know you look at what sort of happened in response to that. So Bitcoin's pumping at the moment. Um, oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's up. <laughs> I'm going to get on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. If you take, no, If you take one thing from this break. It's, <laughs> it's buy Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, no, don't do that. Not financial advice. You know, so the herd's moving into Bitcoin. And then you look at this mm. and you think, like, kind of why? And then, like, Lisa Wade, the chief executive of uh, DigitalX, um, it's like a crypto platform in Australia. Um, mm. she's saying banking failure means more money will be pumped into the system and traders are getting ahead of that. And so, so the idea is that there's sort of a liquidity story. Um, and so, you know, the, the feds pumping more money into the system and just to prop up the banking sector. And then some of that's going to flow into Bitcoin. So that's, that's a bullish signal for Bitcoin. Right. The, at the same time, she's also saying that the collapse of the financial system is, proof case for what bitcoin was designed to do which was to protect your money and act as a hedge against financial collapse against collapsing banks right yeah yeah so i mean so that's the other that's the other narrative in the market now both of those narratives can't be true You know, like it can't be a a store of value and a risk asset. Yeah, right. But that inconsistency hasn't stopped Bitcoin before.
0: But basically. (laughs) It's no secret that
1: you're not Bitcoin's (laughs) biggest fan. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm not. And the point right. is, like, there's just news stories that the there's a, the collapse of SVB and the and the troubles that fl- flow from that creates two mm. news stories. Both of them are bullish, which is enough for the yep. herd to go. All right, it's on. Let's let's pile back into Bitcoin, and that's and that's what we're seeing with the lift lift in Bitcoin.
0: Any coincidence? Also, then that GameStop jumped fifty percent last week.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I, I, I did see that they posted profits for the first time in like forever, but. Mm, mm. That's, this feels like the right the right kind of in climate for GameStop to do well. If Bitcoin's yeah. having a rally, yeah, then, yeah. then you know it kind of. Goes hand in hand, really, with stocks like GameStop that may be a bit more speculative.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah. I mean, GameStop did did have their first profitable quarter in two years, beat earning expectations, earnings per share beat expectations by two hundred and twenty percent. So good, strong, good, strong result. Not Mm. enough to really justify a fifty percent jump in share prices, you would think alone, Mm. but. But yeah, that's the nature of the herd. The herd gets a good bullish signal, and they're like, "All right, it's on. Let's it's on. Let's go. It's on like it's on like Donkey Kong." Mm. So as a as a trader, like how do traders protect themselves from
0: the herd? Mm. I mean, I don't know. Like there's two ways I think about it. One is you know, join the herd. <laughs> get, get on board. Um, see if you can get get out at the right time, mm. which is obviously risky. Um, yeah, yeah. But the other one, as you say, like you don't want to get trampled by the herd either. So, um, so h- how do you kind of
1: play it? Yeah, I mean, I think this is what I was taking from the IG article as reading. Like, kind of the over the, the key thing is you just need to be conscious that you're in a her, herdy market or not. Like, if you so if you're in GameStop, right. you know, mm. I think. I think most people trading GameStop are aware that there's a herd dynamic at play. You know, I think I think the mm. only do you reckon?
0: Yeah. <laughs> do you think the people that are buying Dogecoin are aware there's a herd dynamic at play?
1: Oh, totally, totally. I mean, it's pure herd. Dogecoin is, is you know, is the is the perfect herd. <laughs> is a pure herd herd asset. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you're you're only buying it because you think other people are going to hurt. You know, you think the herd's going to keep pushing it higher. And so right, I think, yeah. I, yeah. And so I think, so I think that's where you get into trouble. Like if you're in getting into a herd asset and you, you're seeing GameStop's on the rise, you're like, oh, cool. Must be some really good fundamentals there. I'm going to mm. get behind those fundamentals. You know, that's where you get burnt because the herd runs and then it turns. The number one, like, the, the the biggest thing is just being aware and conscious of this herd dynamic and its effect and learning to see when the herd's at play and when you're mm. investing, like, you know, if you're investing in a blue chip stock like BHP or something, then you can kind of be confident, okay, there's not a herd dynamic here and that's, that's how I'm going to trade. But if you're in something more like like a GameStop, then you just need to know that, yeah, I, I'm, there's a herd dynamic here and the herd could turn and I've just got to be alive to that. Mm. I think that's 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 the number one. That's the number one thing. The second thing is that you just got to be really cautious about this simplistic reporting. So, like, you always see see the headlines, like you know, like I've seen different headlines: Bitcoin pumps because of Fed liquidity right. injection. Yeah, you know, and that's that sounds perfectly reasonable. It's a very simple story, very neat. Got it, awesome. But then there's other headlines that say Bitcoin's pumping because the financial system is finally collapsing. Mm. Again. It's a very coherent, rational, logically consistent story, and it's very neat and it's very simple. But those two simple stories can't both be true. Like, they're, they're not, not true. And, and we see this, you see this a lot with financial reporting. It's this really oversimplification, you know, ASX, ASX rises on Fed concerns or something, you know. It's like, like the ASX market is really deep and really broad and there's so many different companies doing different things that they aggregate (laughs) out at some, at a, you know, 1% rise or whatever is never going to be down to just one factor. Do you Know what I mean? Mm. But financial yeah. reporting always presents us this way because it wants to tell a simple story. Yeah. You know, and you never see financial reporting that says ASX goes up 2% because herds are crazy.
0: The real headline I'd like to see is ASX went up because the US did overnight. No, like, yeah. 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 That's because it's, you know, nine times out of ten, I think someone even did research on this, that it just kind of followed the US, mm. like most, almost, almost all of the time. So, yeah. Mm. Um, Rare that it's
1: going the other way. Rare that it it bucks the trend of what happened overnight in the US. So I think particularly for like when you're coming into it and uh, as a new trader, you just need Mm. to be really conscious of this element in in the financial reporting that there's this real tendency to oversimplify a complex market and distill it down into simple messages, which are you know maybe partly true, maybe not. Particularly, particularly for herdy, herdy assets, you need to sort of just watch for that. So
0: I guess it, like, ultimately it boils down to still do your own research
1: mm. and don't just go on what you heard. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah and, the, and the other thing in the article which I think is really good is having a trading plan, like before you enter a trade – know what you're going to do keep a trading diary which is something that I started a few years ago which I'm finding really valuable to just you know when you when you make a trade you know jot out ahead of time what you're going to do what you're looking for when what your exit is have a bit of a plan and and stick to that and then you're not going to get so caught up in the herd story
0: I did a plan it was it was more of a picture I just drew I drew a bitcoin down the bottom and then I drew an arrow that headed like up diagonally and pointed at the moon <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just a little stick figure man driving a Lamborghini. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wouldn't re- wouldn't recommend. Alright, well, for those who are ambitious and ready to put in the work and improve their trading, it's time to step up from the entry-level platform to IG. IG is where traders are made. So search Master Your Trading Mind or head to the Master Your Trading Mind hub on IG.com to find out more. All trading involves risk, issued by IG Australia Proprietary Limited, ABN nine three zero nine six-five eight five four one. AFSL five
1: one
0: five one All right, Thomas, finally on the show, there's a bit of a fight about working hours in South Korea. Uh, are they trialing the four-day work week as well?
1: <laughs> no. No, they're, they're trialing an eight-day work week. You know, see how that goes. Yeah. I'm no maths expert, but I see a flaw in their eight-day work week yeah. plan already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a funny story. Like, yeah, everyone's sort of talking about working less. Mm. Career's gone the other way. And so that, they had a, a maximum work week of 52 hours. And right. then the government, conservative government came in and went, actually, we want to, want to increase that to 69 hours.
0: Was it a joke? Was it, did they announce it on April Fool's <laughs> Day by any chance? I know. I know. I was
1: trying to figure out that 69, like where they got from. Maybe they just, yeah. maybe it's that like, you know, 69.99. Everyone thinks, oh, it's not 70. <laughs> bargain. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I mean, Koreans already work some of the longest hours in the world. So they're, they're the, they're the fifth. They have the fifth longest working hours in the OECD. So right. Like, yeah. So they're quite. Yeah. They work. The average citizen works one thousand nine hundred and fifteen hours a, a year. That compares to the US. It's uh, seventeen hundred. So quite a, mm-hmm. quite a big difference there. Yeah. So the fifth fifth in the world. So they they work they work hard. They work long already. They've actually got a they have a word for death by overwork called oh, yeah. Guarossa. Like it's such a problem. Yeah. They they had to wo- invent a word to describe mm. getting killed by working too much. The Japanese have a similar thing with karoshi as well.
0: Well, I guess, I mean, you you do need to have a word for it because death by overwork just sounds pretty horrible. (laughs) 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 Whereas kwarosa seems kind of exotic and interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd like to do that. (laughs) it will be like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They'll be like hipsters just going, like, I'm going to going to Korea to experience Guarossa. Um,
1: <laughs> they've got an overworking story anyway, and then mm. the government's come out and, you, you know, we need to work more. We want Koreans to work longer hours. Right. Yeah, and then young people just went, like, no, like, this is – we don't – this is terrible. Um, and then they had such pushback on it that they've, they've now scrapped the policy and gone, like, yeah, we're, no, we're not <laughs> – we're not I can't believe
0: it was just young people though, like is this really a millennial thing, like are they are the only ones that were like I don't want to work <laughs> <myself> to <laughs> death, 70 hours a week and, and work myself to death, like, like what older people were okay with it, like this surely isn't a young people story, surely this is like everybody who was a worker in the workforce is just like yeah I'm pretty happy not to work that much.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, this is the thing. Like the the government came out and said they're taking it in, in quote a new direction, which I means just just killing it, and said that we need to attempt to communicate better with the public, especially with Generation Z and millennials.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. So they're blaming Generation Z and millennials for not understanding mm. the communication that they were offering.
0: I did see the quote from so South Korean President uh, Yoon Suk Yeol. He came out and he said, "He said workers should be allowed to work 120 hours a week and then take a good rest." (laughs) (laughs)
1: 120 hours a week.
0: 120 hours a week. See, he's offering rest. He's offering rest and recuperation after you, (laughs) after you drive yourself into the
1: ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, So, is it likely to is it likely to succeed? you know oh no it's not it's not getting up I mean I think young people are waking up to mm. the, and I think it's sort of like because they're a bit more <laughs> tuned in not if they're working 70 hours a week they're not waking up <laughs> yeah but I mean they're connected in you know, They're seeing the way other people live and I think it's reasonable ask like why are we being asked to work 70 hours a week particularly mm. I think like and I think you know we should be asking the same question in Australia like Oh, for all the technological advancements we've had over the last hundred years or so, we're mm. working longer than longer hours than our grandparents did. So all that technological innovation, none of it has gone into working less. Yeah, and I think I think you know I think it's reasonable to get to the point, particularly as, as you know, with South Korea like come out of was it was a developing country. It's now you know pretty much a developed first world nation. Mm. And, to be like, okay, when do we stop? When do we stop killing ourselves to grow the economy? And when do we start living? And I think mm. that's a question that young people everywhere are asking. It's like, you know, see the parents working hard and, and killing themselves, and so like, mm. what's the point? Like we've 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 reached affluence, we don't we're not beset with hunger and poverty when do we go like enough's enough let's build a bit more leisure time in
0: and i think also young people are asking the same question now of chat gpt (laughs) and chat gpt is saying it's okay i'll do it (laughs) 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 to which everyone's kind of happy (laughs) Uh, until we've got no money because we haven't got any jobs All Uh, all right why don't we leave it there uh thank you so much for tuning in once again um don't forget, FinFest this year, 2023, is locked in uh, November the 11th at the Carriage Works in Sydney. We hope you hope to see you there. Uh, that's it from us this week. Thank you so much, as we say, for tuning in. We will get to your emails next week, so keep them coming. CVE at equitymates.com via email, or you can send us a message via Facebook and Instagram at CVEpodcast. But for us for this week, it is bye for now. equity mates media operates under an australian financial services license 540697 imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time